everybody, it's episode 268 of PodQuest. It's Wednesday, October... No, it's Tuesday, October 8th. Oh, I didn't change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it I, is the 8th, right? I forgot that we have the actual yeah. day name. It's Tuesday, October 8th, 2019. Hey, we're, we're recording the 268th on the 8th. Yeah, that's that's something. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm Chris. With me is Walnut. Yep. It's another episode of whatever this... Whatever this is. Whatever we call this thing. Um... How you doing? I'm um, um, not bad. I've had a relatively both busy and not busy weekend, so... I had a very busy weekend. Yeah, I, I can imagine. You uh, you went to a thing. I was on a train a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like tw- at least four times in one weekend. Yeah, the good news is... um, So it was NJ, NJ Transit out of Hamilton. Both times coming home, they never came around and checked tickets. So we just have two round-trip return... T- or not round-trip, uh, two... N- Return trips from New York Penn Station back to Hamilton. What I think you should do from now on is just buy a one-way ticket and just roll the dice. So, normally that's what I would do. Um, but the ticket vending machines in Penn Station are not where we wait for our train. And it costs more money to buy tickets on the train. So if I, oh, if, yeah. if we get to the train station when a train is boarding, um, it's like a mad dash because Penn Station's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's easier to have that ticket ready to go. But, like, this is the first time they've just never come around to check tickets. Yeah. Especially two days in a row. Yeah. Um, so, it's just, so, like, on Saturday when I went up to New York, I bought round-trip tickets. They came through in the morning, clipped the one, never came through in the evening, they clipped the other one. So, on Sunday when Erica and I both went up, I just bought a one-way ticket for me and a round-trip for her, and then when... When we were coming home, they never came around that time either. Hey. And those tickets, they're good for either a year. It's either a year or indefinitely. I couldn't get like a firm answer, but we go back in November for Anime NYC. Yeah. So. You should, they, you, they should be good by then. No, oh, I mean, definitely, because it's, it's less than a month away. So it's just, yeah. you know, we only have to spend 30 bucks to get up there. Yeah, nice. Which instead of 60 for both of us. Yeah, it's not bad. But yeah, so I was at New York Comic Con. Yeah. Over the weekend. There's a lot of stuff there. There's always a lot of stuff, particularly people. There oh, yeah, are yeah. so many people. Yes. Um, it's a fun show. Like it, cause you've never been, right? Uh, no, I've never been in New York. It is worth going to once. Like, just dropping like the 50 bucks for a ticket or whatever and. Yeah, one of these days, it just, it kind of sneaks up on me. It's the first weekend of October every year. <laughs> you can't tell me that, like, I know, though. Like, that's the thing, like. You also, you have to buy tickets super far in advance, too. Like. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, literally, like, if you if you want it to go, like, you would need to tell me so that you could do an account ahead of time, and then I would just buy a ticket for you, and you would reimburse me. Yeah. Because the way they, they do this stupid fan verification thing, where you have to have a verified account first, and if you purchase tickets in a previous year, you get, like, first dibs. Okay. So I get to go in and buy tickets, like, three days earlier than people that haven't been before. But, so, I go in, and, like, I buy three tickets, usually, one for me for Saturday and Sunday, because they're individual, yeah. and then one Sunday for Erica. And then once I buy them all, I then have to go in and like assign people to the tickets, and then they have to log in and accept the tickets. And then when we get the badges, we have to go in and activate the bag- badges, because they, they, they're all NFC, so like they tap for everything, yeah. which is actually, actually kind of cool, because you can go to the main hall, like where the main stage lines are first thing in the morning and actually have them just tap your badge to reserve a spot in a panel for you oh that's pretty sweet so like 
on um on Saturday I went to an X Men panel in the main stage. Yeah. And Saturday morning I just went over, had them tap my badge first thing, and then I just went over a half hour before the panel was scheduled to start and just got in as soon as they opened the doors. Yeah, got right in. Like there is still a line you wait in, but there's not like a chance that you won't get in because they tap your badge as you're getting in too. Yeah. And it's basically if you weren't if you didn't like reserve a spot, you go into a separate line. And you basically just get let in if the, there is room. Yeah. Which, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, It was definitely cra- more crowded than... than like, it, it gets bigger every year. So, like, Saturday, I couldn't go on the show floor at all. No. I tried and just couldn't. <laughs> um, And they do this stupid fucking thing. And every year, they make a stupid fucking decision about where they put things on the show floor. So, like, last year, the booth that um, Christopher Sabat was going to be signing at for, like, Funko, for it was, like, a special edition, like, Vegeta Funko Pop or something like that. Yeah. Was in the back corner of the show floor where the aisles are already tighter. And it's hard to get around on a normal, just clear time. Yeah. This year, you know those fucking root beer trucks that they have at shows now? Like, Pax Unplugs has them where, like, you buy a metal cup from them for, like, 30 bucks and then you can just go refill it all day? I, I didn't notice on my packs this year. So. Yeah, so they have them. They, they've been at every convention I've been to in the last, like, two years. Like, they're, like, old-fashioned-y, like, metal mugs. Okay. And it's just a bunch of different, like, flavors of root beer, like, on tap. That's neat. Yeah, it's cool. Only they put it in the back corner of the show floor. Rather than, like, giving it kind of, like, a central location where, like, there's just space. Yeah. Um, Because that that booth is always busy. Because people just queue up to refill their root beer. Yeah. So there were three aisles that you, so it was like three aisles over and then like an aisle up that you literally couldn't go look at anything because of how many people were just crowded hmm. back there. Like, That's nuts. Like we had to skip a portion of the floor that like there's a good chance didn't have anything we wanted to see because you couldn't get back there. That's when like for like con planning, you would put like the, uh, the Verizon booths or whatever, like the, yeah. the non-industry related booth. Yeah. Cause they do this thing where, it's like, like the Javits Center main hall is gi- gigantic. Yeah. And they use the whole thing. So it's like one half of it is all these really big booths and like that's where they do like the live stage that is, it's not main stage. It's just when they're doing stuff on the show floor. Like they'll have like interviews and stuff up there. Um, but that's where, you know, like Funimation's booth is and Crunchyroll had a booth over there and South Park always has a booth. Yeah. Um, and this year there was a, um, there was a Square Enix and a Ubisoft booth back there. Yeah, I and know then, there was a there there was at least a Capcom or Monster Hunter booth. As there, well. So there was a Capcom booth. That's so this is like the far left side of it is all those like really big booths, and then as you start working your way to the right is when you start getting into sort of like the staples. So you, you all your comic publishers, your Marvel, um, DC actually usually doesn't have a booth upstairs for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but like Marvel always has a giant booth because they do all of their um all of their stuff there. So. They do like special signings there with um, TV casts and comic creators and everything. Yeah. Um, then you have like your IDW, your Image, like all of them have big booths. And then there's usually um, certain like video game stuff. So Capcom almost always has a booth. This year it was half Monster Hunter. Yeah. And half um, that new Resident Evil game that I can't think of the name of. It's like Redemption or something like that. It's. It's not like a numbered Resident Evil. It's like a spin-off title. Okay. Um, it it looks like some sort of like maybe like survival multiplayer game. I have no idea. I I saw something about it like two weeks ago, and I completely forget what it was. 
I don't know. But then there was like there was like a booth that had a bunch of Yu Gi Oh stuff going on, like digital card stuff and physical card stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's usually um, like a Bandai Namco booth where they had um, a bunch of Dragon Ball stuff, including they had uh, the Kakarot game playable. Okay. Um, so like like all these big booths kind of like take up a huge chunk of the show floor. And they're usually laid out in a way where you can't necessarily just go up and down aisles because of the way they're laid out. Like, yeah. some aisles run into them, some don't. Like, it's 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 always a little awkward. Yeah, kind of like how at PAX Unplugged, they had the whole miniature section, like, in the middle of aisles. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And then you... So, like, from there, you, you get into, um like, the booths just kind of slowly get a little bit smaller until you're into... Kind of like what you'd expect from, like, a dealer's room at a convention where it's, yeah. you know, just 8 to 12 foot sections depending on how much somebody wanted to pay for their spot. Yeah, and it's just, like, the comic shops. Or- yeah, like, people, like, and they do do a decent job of sort of, I don't know if it's official sections or just, like, it's just how they end up spacing it out. But, like, people selling, like, comic books are in, like, one part of it. Um, People selling, like plushies and anime stuff are in one part of it people selling toys and pops are in one part so things are at least in sort of a a logical configuration like if you're not interested in looking at comics that you can't afford because they're all like golden age super expensive you just don't walk up there yeah but if like you're looking for like little like figurines and statues and stuff like that you go to that part of the show floor yeah um so at least that made sense like when we were there, like, we were walking through a lot of the areas that sold, like, like that sort of stuff. Like, the toys and the, the plushies and stuff like that. Like, Eric was trying to find a um, a happy from um, Fairy Tale. It's the blue cat from Fairy Tale. Okay, I haven't watched Fairy Tale yet. I wasn't sure if you'd ever seen, like, the images from it. I'm sure I have. I just wouldn't yeah. really care. He's a blue kitty with with white wings sometimes. Okay. Um, She was trying to find, like a, like, a stuffed animal or, like, something of him. Yeah. We found a few things, but... Like, they were a little expensive, and, like, one of them was, like, a $40 backpack that just... Yeah. She's like, what am I going to do with a $40 happy what, backpack? What are you going to do with a backpack? Yeah, it was more of, like, she wanted, like, just something, like, small, and yeah. she could put on a shelf, and yeah. just happy. He's yeah. adorable. Makes he sense. likes fish. <laughs> I mean, he's a cat. No, but, like, he especially likes fish. Like, there's... So, he's not really a cat. You have to watch Fairy Tale. He is a, he is a, he is a certain type of creature from another parallel dimension. Okay. Um, but there's two others like him, or I'm sorry, there's actually four others like him that don't have the fish addiction the way he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the, the main show floor is just, it, it's a mess, but it's still cool to walk around because you do see neat stuff. Yeah. Like Erica bought that, um, like she was showing you, she bought the, um, the, the notebook, like the leather bound notebook. Yeah. I've been wanting a book like that for a long time. Yeah. And like, it was a good price. It was on sale for 20 bucks. So. Yeah, and it comes with that awesome paper. Like at this point she needs to get a quill <laughs> to write in it. Or at least, or at least like a gel pen that kind of leaves that sort of like, just that look to it. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you noticed with that, with that, with that paper too, it was like full size paper that they had trimmed and then folded. So it's actually almost like sectioned off where if, cause she's going to use it for you guys playing D and D. If she wanted to like break it up into like, well, this section is for this stuff and this section is for this yeah. stuff, it would be super easy to do. She wouldn't yeah. need to put tabs or anything in it. She just has to remember like, yeah, what section is what. Yeah, it's. Pay- I've seen tons of books like that. I think it's uh, Critical Role. Always talk about. It. I think it's uh, the Rook and the Raven, and, and they've they've got some cool books. And but their books are like ring bound. 
Oh, so you can actually just put paper in. You can just keep adding paper in it, but they look really cool. And I'm like, I want something like this for D, just for note-taking. Like, just go that little step out. Yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't buy anything on the show floor, but there's plenty of things that I would... If we had the space, I had the means to bring it home, and the just stupid, ridiculous, like, stupid, like, disposable income for it. Like, there's always, like, super cool statues and shit that, like, I would buy in a heartbeat, but... Like, we don't have the space for me to buy a $200 statue. I'm sure you could find somewhere to put it. Get rid of some of these games. Not get rid of, but, like... Yeah, but most of them are, like, too big for these types of shelves, because these are just little DVD shelves. Yeah, true. Um, And, like, upstairs, I don't really have, like, a lot of, like, good space where, like, it would... It would be a waste to buy something like that and then just have it in, like, a back bedroom that no one's yeah. ever in. Yeah. Like, maybe when we had, like, the basement, if we ever get that finished and, like... Yeah. Puts, but even then, it's like, do I really want to spend $200 on a statue? You then have to have people over. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. Exactly. Like, people suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I totally get it. But, yeah, so the, sh- the show floor is the show floor. It's a bitch to walk around, but there's cool stuff to see. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. They did have, like I was saying, a bunch of games and stuff, which always had bad yeah. lines that I just wasn't looking to wait in. Um, did, uh, you you had mentioned that you saw the gameplay demo for A-Day. Yes. Yeah, play so, it, or you just watched it? I just watched it because, again, it, it had a crazy line that I just wasn't. Yeah. I didn't want to wait in line for two and a half hours when I was only there for a limited amount of time anyway. Yeah, true. Um, so I, I still didn't watch it for like 10 minutes though. It was, it was what we've seen at, um, yeah, the, the, at the, the different pro- stuff. The it's, prologue stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the bridge. The, the one that I was watching in particular was Black Widow fighting Taskmaster. Okay. So it was the actual like boss fight that honestly, like, it didn't look bad, but it also didn't look like anything special. Like, the boss fight literally looks like the same thing I've done in Batman and Spider-Man a thousand times. Yeah. Which, not a bad thing. Like, those games were fun to play still, but... But, and, but like, the way you got to look at it, or you should look at it, or think about it, is, like, that was with Black Widow. How, like, later on, like, when you get to actually pick your hero that you're going to play as, how will fights turn out with the so, Hulk or so whoever else? Like, two... I mean, so th- this goes along with that a little bit. It's it's a little bit later in the notes, but they did reveal that Miss Marvel is going to actually be like the main protagonist. Yeah, Kamala Khan. Uh, um, it, like they they released a, a basically a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan trailer. Uh, trailer, and it's apparently the way they're making it seem like the Avengers are the cause of the Inhumans becoming Inhumans. So I don't know. So I, I I see why you thought that, and I didn't quite get that so much as. The th- the ship and stuff that like they're like christening at a day yeah runs with a terrigen well, crystal so yeah. like that's how she gets her powers but at one point they say like she's inhuman this is our fault we have to help her so it's like the yeah. the, the way it made it sound like it's not that humans didn't exist before this and not that like the Avengers created inhumans but like because of the terrigen crystal in that the, they created at least they her created. The West Close Inhumans, at least, and a good, probably a good number of them. So to be, so it might not have been that many. So she was at the celebration. Yeah. So that's why she was. So if you watch the trailer, it's literally like the gas comes up out of event that she happens to fall on top of. Yeah. So it might not have even been widespread enough to affect anybody else if there weren't any other Inhumans in that crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I think we there have been 
scenes and stuff cut, no, not cut, but shown in trailers for, like, after the time jump, and it's like, L.A. is completely destroyed, and it looks terrible. I mean, that's it, also because all the, he- like, I think, the from the way they were talking in that Miss Marvel trailer, and from what they've said before, like, superhumans are basically banned after this. Okay. That's why the Avengers are broken up, like, people don't trust or want heroes anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, so the way that the trailer kind of depicts it is, she is actually the factor that is getting the Avengers back together. Yeah. Um... But so what I, I forget if it was, I forget where I read it. It was on like one of the news sites that actually like got hands on with some of this stuff. Apparently the characters all basically fight the same. They're like, there's not a, there's not a major notable difference between like fighting with Black Widow versus fighting with Thor. Like they kind of give everybody a similar move set, I guess, so that it works so that you're not, you don't have to learn like six different, um, like, character styles yeah but it's like every character has like you know a light and a heavy attack and then every character has some sort of throw and every character has some sort of projectile i mean that's that's like every game where there's multiple yeah no 100 percent. like there's a light a heavy attack a this and that like i can say that with monster hunter there's a light a heavy attack there's a different kind of attack with this but he there's 16 different weapons yeah so I'm not saying that this won't have any sort of difference, but from what, like, the early, early, like, imp- impressions were of people that played it for, like, IGN or GameSpot or Kotaku or whoever, like, no character felt different from the other in any, like, meaningful way. Like, the Hulk didn't feel any different than playing as Black Widow did, other than he had one move that involved kind of, like, smashing the people. And even that didn't feel. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll. I'm really excited for this game, so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Giving it excuses, and the way I see it is like, you're at the start of the game, every character is going to have light attack, strong attack, and your throw. But as you progress through the game, you might get more combos, you might get different abilities. Yeah, we don't know how the game's going to progress from there. That's going to be what's going to be the change. Like, right at the beginning, there's not going to be much. Also, but, I mean, to counter that, it looks like the beginning of the game is, you know, they're at their peak, because they're... You know, they're the heroes of the world. Yeah. So if it's, like, a lot of games like that, where, like, the game starts out where everybody is kind of at their their strongest they can be, or, like, quote-unquote strongest, because obviously yeah. by the end of the game you're going to be stronger than what even what you were at the beginning. Or equally as strong. A lot of times, like, if you look at, like, um like Assassin's Creed, like the very first Assassin's Creed, um, when you first start out, um, Altair has, like, all of the powers. Yeah. And then he fucks up. But then by the end of the game, like, you have powers that he never had at the beginning. Just because they don't want to give you too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, I'm just, I am not, like, down on the game. I'm just, like, cautiously optimistic because it just, it doesn't look like they're do. it looks like they're trying to be a little too safe with it from an outside perspective. Like, even yeah. watching the gameplay, like, it didn't look like anything special. Like, I was, and, like, the person playing it wasn't playing it poorly either. It just looked a little, it looked a little clunky, but like that's also stuff that like they might still be refining. Yeah, they, yeah, because we just saw like they have refined the character models, which I could not tell from where I was if it looked any better. Um, the 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 Miss Marvel trailer, like that character model, definitely looked better. If if have did you look at the second article that you linked? Because uh, you linked a second article. I that didn't had- get it. No, you know what? I did not actually get a chance to read that. I just wanted to put it in there so that. The thing yeah. about the character models was at least noted. So, so it had uh, screen by screen, like, 
Odin knew of two different scenes. One of them was, like, Thor getting his hammer and, like, standing there or whatever. The other one was uh, Thor and Iron Man flying right, like, above the bridge. And it's like, their hair looks cleaner and crisper and, like, nicer. Thor's hair is now tied up and not just flowy, but it's not, like, in not to the side of his head. It's all to the back. Okay. And it does flow behind the back of his head, but it's also tied up. So I feel like maybe they're, they might have had issues with the hair. And so they're trying to find ways to not have to worry about it because people were. I, I'm, I'm I mean, guessing get, people were complaining about. That. I mean, honestly, like the hair was was part of the thing that kind of made it look like it made it look too fake. Like I realize it's a game, and it like I don't think games have to look like ultra realistic to be fun. Yeah, like there are plenty of like indie games that have come out that are just like a cartoony or eight bit style that are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, but it's more of. They're going for this hyper realisticness, but they have Barbie hair, or or in a lot of cases like like just GI Joe hair, where it's not even like moving. It's just like this hard plastic mound on their head, yeah. and it's like, well, you can't have a face that at, that displays emotion and looks real, and then just everyone looks like they're fucking wearing a hair colored helmet. Yeah, like that's not how that works. If you're if you're going to go to this trouble, do the whole thing right. Yeah, like I I would I would pull up. Like, the images on your view, but I can't... I don't... I'm not connected to your wife. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I can't do it. But to me, I, I it looks like they did, like, clean up the character models, and it is going to look a little bit more better, or a little bit more to what you were, like, Yeah, and I mean, wanting. like, the, the Miss Marvel stuff did look legitimately better. Like, can you... This is the... No, that's really far. Like I said, I'll, I'll look at that later. Like, it's not a huge deal. Because I'm not saying that they didn't improve it. I just didn't get a chance to see that. But the trailer, like, the characters looked better in that. Like, the, yeah. the gameplay looked a little crisper and clearer than it did before. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that this game is necessarily looks like... It doesn't necessarily look at, like, where a game should be that's basically ending the generation. Like, it looks like something that could have come out, like, three years ago, four years ago. Like, an early mid-PS4 title. Versus, like, literally, like, the one of the news items, like, PS5 is confirmed for next holiday. Yeah. Um, so, we'll, like... We'll get into that yeah. a little bit later. But, like, this is a... This is a late-generation game, like... I feel like maybe they weren't fully expecting it to be this close to the new... I mean, that's possible. And, I mean, to be fair, like, Spider-Man... Like, the PS4 Spider-Man game looked amazing. I don't know, but the but puddles... The, the, no, I mean, not even the puddles. The, like, character models for, like, the humans, not all that good in the... Especially Peter. Peter looked fucking terrible. Human Humans apparently are hard to do in general. I mean, not for, like, Sony Santa Monica and Naughty Dog. Yeah. Like, fucking grab their tech, because uh, they're doing something right. But it's like, what what do you focus on? Do you focus on the human look, or do you focus on the gameplay and the world look? And but, but sometimes I, I like the idea, like, focus on the gameplay and the world look over the human look, but in this... Uh, this idea with a day, it's like, all right, you maybe gotta focus more on. You gotta have a really good. You have to have both in both. that case, especially when it, it's it's characters that people know from. Yeah, and like I don't, we've said it before. Like I don't think they need to or should look like the the movie actors because this isn't an MCU game. I I really feel like because I'm sure they did a lot of mocap. They should have made them look more like their their voice actors. I I mean, so like, Travis I mean, Willingham, he's he's like. A darker skinned, tanned dude. Like, you don't need that, but like, give him those, like, kind of maybe those facial features more so. Or the comic booky facial features. Oh, total tangent. I am, let's say 95% sure. I fucking walked past Travis and Ashley Johnson 
on the streets in New York City. I would not be surprised because Ashley is still in New York filming the last season of Blindspot. Yep. And both Travis and Laura were there. Yeah, no, I, I know they were there for um, for, for the Avengers stuff. Yeah. Um, but there were a few other people, but I was walking by and like, there's just like a, a, a bigger guy with like, like a beard, like a beard like Travis Willingham has. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like it was late, like I was on my way home Saturday night and like I was tired and I wasn't really like totally paying attention. But like I was just walking down the street, they were walking back towards the convention center. Like yeah. we were several blocks away. Um, but like I saw him, I'm just like, that guy looks familiar. And then like right behind him, I saw a girl with blonde hair that also looked familiar. And like yeah. after I passed him, I'm just like, Fuck, I think that was Travis Willingham and Ashley Johnson. Oh, man. And I didn't see, I didn't really, like, notice faces or genders of the other people with them. Yeah. But there were at least three others with them. So I think it was two people walking, like, next to Travis, like, on either side, and then one other person walking with Ashley. Yeah. So. It could have been, it was probably, if it was them, it could have been Travis, Laura, Ashley, and Brian, Ashley's fiance, and I don't know. Yeah, no, but it was. Maybe, like. Maybe Troy Baker or somebody like that. Who knows? I think I so Troy Troy Baker. I probably would have actually like fully realized it was him. Yeah. Um. Just because I see him and stuff more. Like I don't watch Critical Role as often as you do. Yeah. Um. So like I rec. So I I more recognize Ashley Johnson because we watched four seasons of Blind Spot. Yeah. Um. And I probably would have recognized Laura Bailey because she's in stuff all the time too. Yeah. Um. But like Troy Baker, I see on all sorts of stuff. So like, if if Troy Baker was walking on the street, I probably would have been like, "Holy fuck, that's Troy Baker!" Or because he he's voicing somebody in a day. I think he is Bruce. <laughs> I don't remember. Because I, I think know. I think Travis is Thor, isn't he? Yeah, Travis is Thor. Laura is Black, Black Widow. Widow. It's somebody that like isn't super well known as doing Cap. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Troy Baker is doing Hulk, like Bruce Banner Hulk. <laughs> Um, I think it's somebody else a little bit more famous. Yeah, Iron Man is somebody a little bit more well known too. I just can't think of who it is. Yeah, Nolan North, isn't it? Maybe, or it might be Troy Baker and Nolan North are swapped. No, no, it is Iron Man is Nolan North because I remember right. somebody saying it's weird hearing fucking Nathan Drake coming out of Iron Man. Right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I did get that a lot when watching one of the trailers. It was Nathan Drake? Yeah, I mean that that is Nolan North. Yeah, like he can do other voices, but like that's just kind of his voice. So. Yeah. If he's not being asked to do something weird. When it's not even, it's like, I can pick out Ashley Johnson's, Laura Bailey's, Travis Zillingham's voice in anything they do, no matter how much I try to change. I can pick out their voice. Oh, I mean, I do it when we're watching stuff all the time. Like, um, we're watching, like, we're all, there's only three episodes left of, fa- two episodes left of Fairy Tale that, yeah. that aren't dubbed yet. And maybe like four or five episodes ago, um, I think they changed the character's voice actor like late that he hasn't been on it in a while. Yeah. But this one character was talking and I'm looking at him I'm like, whose fucking voice is that? I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's Deku. Like yeah. to Erica. And she's like, what? I'm like, listen, listen to when this guy talks. He's fucking Deku. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, I do that like, cause Laura Johnson's, um, or Laura, Laura Bailey is in all sorts of shows like, she she voices a ton. Yeah, so like her voice I hear and stuff all the time. Yeah, she, um, she was Nadia in uh, Uncharted three or four. Nadine. 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 Yeah, I knew it was something with an N. Yeah, sorry, that's why I was very confused. I'm like, who the fuck is Nadia? Yeah, I knew it was something with an N. But like, like uh, Erica is watching Fruits Baskets. Yeah, she is the main like female character in that. Yeah, 
If if anything, Funimation, especially early Funimation, you're gonna catch a lot of Laura and Travis. Well, this is the remake of Fruits Baskets, which has most of the original cast. Okay, yeah, like most of the original dub cast at least. Yeah. Um, and same thing like Christopher Sabat. Whenever he's in something, like he's got a super recognizable voice. Yeah. Just because like he does slightly different tones in enough things that it's super easy to pick him out because he tends to do similar like. Similar kind His of- regular speaking voice is similar to, like, Piccolo and Shrunk Down All Might. Yeah. Whereas, like, Vegeta is just, like, that voice, but, like, straining. Yeah. And then, all like, Muscly All Might is the same as um, Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. So it's, like, easy to kind of, like, just find him in things. Yeah. Um. So, besides but- that, anything else at New York Comic Con? What... Would uh- you- what- did you go to any cool panels, like any industry panels, well, any news, anything from that? So I also, on the show floor, saw a little bit of gameplay from um, the Predator game that's coming out. Okay. It's that, like, asynchronous multiplayer one where, like, a person is Predator and everyone else is, like, kind of like the Friday the 13th game from yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. It actually looked pretty cool. Okay. Um, Like, people were, like, like, the person playing as a Predator was, like, running in the trees and stuff like that. Like, I'm actually kind of interested in that after seeing... Yeah. Like, I only watched maybe, like, three minutes of some of people playing it, but it, it looked kind of cool. Yeah, those types of games are always really neat. Yeah, like, I'm I, I mean, I'm interested to see what else it kind of has to it. Yeah. Um, But other than that, let me just grab the notes that I actually have for... So, I went... I only went to two panels. Um, the panels seem to be particularly busy this year, Um, like, line-wise. Yeah. I wanted to... I, I tried to go to a Funimation panel. I got down there 20 minutes before it started. And the queue for it was already all the way through all of the, like, line things they had, and then, like, wrapped around it. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, fuck that. Like... It's, it, you probably wouldn't have gotten in. Even if I got in, I was going to have to, like, I was going to have a shitty seat or no seat at all. It's like, I'm not going to wait in this line to just go in there and have to stand in the back of the room. Yeah. Um, But I did go to... It was a Marvel fanfare panel. I forget exactly how they... Exactly what it was called. Yeah. But it was their editor-in-chief, um, C.B. Sibolsky? Sibolsky. And Chris Claremont, who basically every X-Men you can think of that weren't the original five X-Men, he either created or made them what they are now. Okay. Even with a lot of the original five X-Men, like, he is kind of responsible, like, he is responsible for the Dark Phoenix. Okay. Like, for the entire Phoenix stuff. Um, He created, like, Kitty Pride. Pretty sure he brought, like, Rogue and Gambit, really, into the X-Men. Gambit may have actually been, like... The tail end of him may have been somebody else at that point, because that was, like, early 90s. But, yeah, like, Days of Future Past was Chris Claremont. Okay. Um, but he has been with Marvel in one way or another for, like, 50 years or something. Oh, damn. Like. Yeah, like, they were talking, and um, Sabolsky said, like, you know, next year is your 50th anniversary with Marvel. And Claremont's just like, actually... It was last January. <laughs> Suppose he's like, what, really? He's like, yeah, 1969, I interned. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's his 50th official year. Yeah, so, next year, but. yeah, so he interned for, I guess, like three or four months while in college. Yeah. And then after college and everything came back and like worked for them as like an editor and stuff before yeah. eventually working on books directly, like actually writing them. Yeah. It was like it was just a super cool panel of just kind of like stories about that era. Yeah. Um because he was so involved because back then, like back in like the sixties and seventies and even into the eighties, like a lot of like the creators worked out of the Marvel offices. Whereas like now they're spread all over the world. Yeah. Like the writer might 
live in Texas and the artist lives in Argentina or Rome or something like that. Yeah. Because everything's just digital. Like, even if they're drawing pen and paper, they have a scanner, they scan it and email it off. Yeah. Back then, though, like, if you, if somebody wasn't working in the office, you had to, like, call a courier to come pick up the, the physical pages and mail it. Right. A lot of times you couldn't even mail it. Like, you'd literally have, like, a bike messenger come pick it up and ride it to the office. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, creators all lived in New York City or within, like, an hour's drive. Cause Claremont was even saying, like, to get paid back then, if if you lived in the city or like in proximity to it, you would just drive into the city and pick up your paychecks on payday. Because if they had to mail them to you, um, like payday was Friday, you might not get them until the following Thursday. Yeah, and people just couldn't do that. So, yeah. um, but like he was talking, uh, I, and I didn't even know this existed. There was a Marvel team team up that it was Spider Man and the not ready for prime time players, like the original SNL cast. Really? Yeah. And it apparently like culminated in um John Belushi coming into Marvel's offices and like kind of both sides being like starstruck because I guess Belushi was like a big comic book fan. Yeah. And like at at this point in like the early seventies, like everyone was an SNL fan. Like this was the original SNL cast. That's um that's, that's awesome. And this was the year that Animal House released. So, like, Belushi apparently, like, invited them to the Animal House premiere, but then they couldn't, they they already were out of seats for it, so they called back and just invited them to, like, the cast party afterwards. Okay. Um, like, just, like, crazy stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool panel, and then they actually gave out, um, it was a, a limited edition cover for, um, one of the Absolute Carnage books. Okay. Like, one of the tie-ins to it. I want to say it was um Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales, like, two. Okay. So, it's a, it's a, the cover is um, Miles being attacked by um, Immortal Hulk with the symbiote, um, the Venom symbiote on him. Okay. Because Miles is currently being controlled by one of the Carnage symbiotes. That whole book is fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I, I keep seeing a bunch of stuff on CBR it's, about it. It's super cool, but it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, it's absolute carnage, is it? No, it really is. <laughs> um, in, like, the best way. Yeah. But, yeah, so that panel was... was it, Nothing really got, like, announced at it, but it was just... It was it was cool to just kind of yeah. hear the stories like that. Yeah. Um, and then the other panel I did was the Dawn of X panel on Saturday evening, which was a main stage panel... Um, it was Sibolsky again, um, editor in chief of all of Marvel, the X-Men office editor, Jordan White, and then four of the, no, I'm sorry, three of the, the, the writers that are going to be launching new X-Men books, um, in the next few weeks. Yeah. So it was Ed Brisson, who's going to be doing New Mutants, um, Teeny Howard, who is doing Excalibur, and Benjamin Percy, who is doing X-Force. Yeah. And then they had a special video with, um... Jerry Duggan and Jonathan Hickman, who Hickman is the one that relaunched the X-Men with the House of X and Powers of Ten. Yeah. And then he is also going to be writing the main X-Men book and co-writing at least the first arc of New Mutants with Brisson. And then Duggan is going to be writing the Marauders book. Um, so they kind of had all them out and they all kind of like got to talk about the books and like sort of where it's going to leave the X-Men after all the this shake-up that they're doing. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not a huge fan of Hickman's writing. I've talked about it before. It's just... It is what it is. Yeah. But, like, what he's done has, like, fundamentally changed the X-Men books. 
Um, he is basically he has stopped the need for character death. Like the mutants will no longer die. If they die, they're just going to be resurrected immediately. Okay. Um, because they base he basically just wrote into it that there's five mutants that now have the ability to resurrect anybody that dies. Okay. As long as they have a sample of their DNA, which part of like Xavier's whole plan was doing like a catalog of every mutant's DNA. And once a week, he does a mind backup of everybody with Cerebro. So if like a character dies, it takes them three days to regrow that character. And then Xavier plants their consciousness back into them. Interesting. Yeah. That's that, like, I want to read those books. I want to read the, the House of M and the, the, well, House of M is old. Well, the, the two new ones. House of X and Powers of Ten. House of X and Powers of X. Like, I want to, I want to read them because I've been hearing like good things about them. So. They're cool. Like, like the, the concept is really cool. I just don't like the writing style. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, I forget which issue it was, but one of the issues, um, they send a team of X-Men of basically all of the popular X-Men. It was Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Mystique. I forget who else was on the, was a Nightcrawler. They're all, they all fucking died. Hmm. And then the next issue, they brought them all back to life and showed us how they do it. Okay. And it's basically, it's, it's like three newer mutant characters that um Brian Bendis created when he was doing X-Men. Okay. And then like two other existing characters, basically like their powers kind of like complement each other in a certain way where they found out that this is what gold have you ever heard of gold balls? I've heard of yeah. gold balls, yeah. So he's a mutant that literally makes these gold balls. Yeah. And they found out that those are actually eggs. There's nothing in them, but they're eggs. <laughs> so they basically he makes an egg. And then an existing character can um, basically, like, restart life. Not so much, like, resurrect a person if they're dead, but can, like, take, like, a living organism and, like, help it grow. Okay. Um. So they basically take... Dude makes an egg, they implant the DNA that they have stored, and this guy jumpstarts life inside of it. And then another girl has power over time, and, like, she can make, like, a temporal bubble. So she literally just makes a bubble around the egg to age it to that person's age in the span of a couple of days. Okay. So if they're 30, rather than taking 30 years, it just takes her, you know, three days to put them to 30 years of age. And then one of the other mutants can do something else. And then when it's all said and done, Xavier uses Cerebro to, like, upload their consciousness back into them. And they just become who they were again. That's nuts. Yeah. and That's it's one so of, cool. Yeah, and it's one of those things It's like, now they're they're... There's no reason for them to have another death of Wolverine. Yeah. Because, like, you always, you almost always know if a character in comics dies, they're going to come back eventually somehow. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, they can kill a character every issue and just keep bringing them back. Unless they kill Xavier. Well, it's So, Xavier isn't, like, the be-all, end-all. They, they need a telepath, and there's a bunch of them. Like, okay, yeah. you have Xavier, you have Gene, you have Emma Frost. Like, there are other people with that level of, like, telepathic power that could do that part. It's the other characters. Like, if they killed any of the other ones, that's where it ends. So I have a feeling at some point, they're going to get to the point where they break one of those characters somehow. Either kill them or do something to negate that from happening. Yeah. But um, it looks like all of the new books they're launching are actually going to be cool. Yeah. Like, I was already interested to see New Mutants because they're going to... They're gonna pull like the original New Mutants, and then they're gonna they're gonna use other ones like throughout the years, like because there's been there's essentially been different classes at Xavier School over the years. So in the '80s, they launched New Mutants because all of the X Men were in like their 20s and 30s, like yeah, 
Wolverine wasn't attending classes. Yeah. So the New Mutants were like, oh, here's teenagers that are now coming to the school that are learning, like, to control their powers and academics and yeah. preparing to become X-Men. Yeah. And they've kind of, like, done that a few different times, like, where they just kind of bring in a bunch of, like, teenagers to be the new students at the school. And it seems like this book is going to actually... Do, like, do like, another new... a new team? Not necessarily a new team, but literally kind of focus on all of these characters that... A lot of them never got, like, a starring role. Like, they'd be around, they'd, they'd have, like, little story arcs in different X-Men books, but they never became, like, the Cyclops or the Wolverine or okay. the Jean Grey. Um, and then Marauders is a fucking pirate book. So it has to be um, Nightcrawler, then? Nope. No! Actually, Nightcrawler might be on the team. I don't remember now. It's led by Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride? She's not a... She's not a... a... So, part... I forget if I explained this to you before. Um, the whole House of X thing, they basically created a mutant nation with, and because every time they've tried this, people have just fucking attacked them and murdered millions of people. Yeah. Um, they're basically forcing like the rest of the world to recognize them as a sovereign nation. Okay. Um, they have their own land that they created from the, the mutant island Krakoa, and they found out that these like fruit seed things that Krakoa can grow can actually have like medical benefits to humans. Um, they can, like, cure cancer and extend life for, like, a couple of years. Like, you know, like, rather than, like, the average human lifespan being, like, 90, it'll be 105. Yeah. So, like, basically, like, they are going to supply, like, the countries that want to work with them with these things in exchange for being recognized as a sovereign nation that, you know, is part of the United Nations. Like, they will follow those sorts of rules and everything, but, like, that's kind of their their goal so the marauders book is a team of x-men that are delivering those drugs to the countries but at the same time they are um like underground railroading um mutants out of those countries that maybe couldn't otherwise leave them okay that's cool then yeah that's pretty neat yeah it's a cool concept and then excalibur is just they're the british x-men yeah but like they're not always actually british characters like rogan gambit are on the team yeah. But, like, the the leader of the team is um Betsy Braddock, who used to be Psylocke. Okay. She got her original body back, so now she's going to be Captain Britain. Okay. Um, And then uh, X-Force is X-Force. That's, yeah. That's it's mutants killing bad people. Exactly. Um, They also announced that they're finally bringing back a Wolverine book. It's been, like, two years since there's been a Wolverine standalone book. Oh, nice. Because it was X-23 was Wolverine when yeah. Wolverine was dead. And then they canceled that book and turned it back into X-23. Yeah. So, like, it's actually going to be a Wolverine title. But I guess the Old Man Logan, that wasn't, like, considered a Wolverine title? So, I mean, Old Man Logan was actually called Old Man Logan. Okay. Um, Like, I'm talking, like, there just hasn't been a book called Wolverine okay. in a while. Yeah. Um, Which, that's cool because, you know, Wolverine's back, so he's a popular character. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The X-Men book is apparently just going to be, like, a bunch of one-shots, which is all right, because that means I don't have to read it, because that's the book that Hickman's writing. Yeah. And I don't... Yeah. yeah don't want to waste my time just, with that. Just the monster of the week. Yeah. and then the awesome. The only other book that they, they showed off that I don't think they announced a writer for was called, um like, Fallen Angels, and it's going to at least be... um It's going to be actual Psylocke. So, the Japanese woman who Betsy Braddock took the body of inadvertently... Okay. Is now now has her own body back again, 
and has similar like they they had a similar power set. They're both psychics. Yeah. Um, but she's like a fucking crazy ninja woman. Yeah. So she is the lead, and then X twenty three is also in it, and then I forget who the third character was. Yeah. But it's basically like a female led X Men book. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So that all that stuff was cool, and they did a Q and A, and people always ask the same questions. Yeah. One person did call them out that whole resurrection thing I was telling you about. Um, the person got up and was like, so um, that resurrection stuff you're doing. It's kind of the same thing the Venture Brothers do. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, Hickman, that created it, wasn't there to answer that question. But um, everyone everyone on stage got a kick out of it. Well, I've never watched the Venture Bros, but they just... they Apparently, they like regrow them in eggs whenever um, the brothers die. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched that show in like 15 years. No, I, so. I didn't know that that was still around, if it is. I... I think it was gone for a long time. Yeah. But then, like, they did a new season a while ago, and it occasionally gets new seasons since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, Artist Alley is always cool. Like, yeah. we bought, on, on the Instagram, there's a bunch of pictures, but we bought, like, five pieces in the Artist Alley. Yeah. Um, which they're all, like, Erica was showing you the, uh, the No Face from. Yeah, which looked awesome. Yeah, so that guy is going to be at Anime NYC. We were talking to him. Yeah. And he's going to have, if he gets them done, he's going to have some other, like, Studio Ghibli-related stuff that he's bringing with him. So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what that stuff ends up being. Yeah. So he does all the cool watercolor stuff. Yeah. His name's uh, Tony Moy. It's Tony and then M-O-Y. Do you know his, like, any of his handles or anything? That it, it's that. Okay. Like, it's just his name. I think most places it's Tony underscore Moy. Okay. But... Yeah. Yeah, and then check, check out Mr. Tony Moore. Yeah, and then like we we stop and talk to like the people that we know at the shows. Yeah, there's always lots of people at, in Artist Alley, so that's yeah. there's it's lots of different artwork you can see. Yeah, that's that's a cool thing, and the one thing I miss about going to, like normal conventions, and like it's just like the artwork in general is just so good, and like just going and hanging out and seeing all this stuff, like it's just. I do miss going to conventions. I really want to start going to more of them. Yeah, I like and I like New York and even like that the anime MIC when we went last year. Like the cosplay and stuff at those is always super cool to see too. Yeah. Um, like on Sunday, the first thing we got there, there was somebody doing like a Spider Gwen, but it was the Venom outfit. Okay, which is just it's different and super cool looking. I I think there's a picture on Instagram that Erica posted, mm-hmm. and then just there was um it was like a female pyramid head. From Silent Hill. Okay. That that I had taken a picture of on Saturday that looked fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, like just like those big conventions, people really like go they, all out for them. Yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah, I can't think. I'm I'm trying to think of like some of the other cool ones I saw. Like there were there were some really good like Mysterios like after the movie and everything after yeah. um Far From Home. Yeah. Um, always lots of Spider Man. Too many Deadpool's. Spider Man and De- like I hate to say, but Spider Man and Deadpool are like. They're so common because they're the easiest things. To- yeah, and like the problem is like like the Spider-Man ones like people don't really have to put much effort into. They just buy those like pre-made like body suits. Yeah. One guy I saw in Artist Alley though, like he actually even had a backpack made of web. Okay. Um, but he was actually cool because like there was like a little kid in like a stroller, like probably like a two or three year old, um, that had like a Spider-Man like outfit on. Yeah. And like the kid was like pointing at him. As he was walking by, and like he went over and like crouched down and like high fived the kid and like did like finger guns at him and yeah. then like went on yeah. his way. How many? How many Eds? Actually, I don't think I saw any Eds. I saw the Mustang. Okay. Saw a pretty good Mustang. Which the Mustang might be because Travis Willingham was there. Yeah, that's true. Um, lots of Akatsuki. 
even Erica said she's like, you're right. Now that I know what they look like, they're everywhere. Yeah, because uh, they're easy. You can just buy the yeah. the the rope. Yeah, and some people like they definitely like, like take their own liberties with it. That like I saw one person with like longish orange like wig on with the Akatsuki robe and the leaf headband with the with the with the slash through it. Yeah, I'm like. Who the fuck are you supposed to be? <laughs> I think some people just, like, at least some people will get the Akatsuki robe and just wear that at conventions in general. Not yeah. trying to cosplay, just because it's like, oh, well, this is actually, like, welcome here, so I'm gonna yeah. do it. I did see one really cool one as we were walking around. It was, um, it was Akatsuki mixed with Team Rocket. Oh, nice. So it was, they were, they were Je- Jesse and James. So, like, the guy had, like, a blue wig, the girl had, like, a red wig. They had the Team Rocket outfits on. Yeah. With the Akatsuki robes over it, and they had um, headbands with the slashes through it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it, w- it was a real, like, cool, like, little mashup. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. But yeah, that's part of the fun, is, like, walk, like, it sucks when you're walking around and you're trying to actually walk around and people are just being inconsiderate with, like, taking pictures and all. But, like, when you're out and actually, like, in the halls and stuff like that, and you see the people dressed up, like, that's always really cool. Yeah. Because, like, there are, like... New York, you know how, like, I know you, you did it the one year at Oticon, how they do, like, the, the photo shoots, yeah. but it's always in, like, a room. Yeah. So, at New York, um, have you ever been to the Javits Center? I was forever ago. For, it, before it was just New York Comic Con, it was New York Anime Fest and Comic Con. Yeah, like, it was a the first time ago. that they ever did it. Yeah, in, like, 20, 2005 or 6, I, was, I think. I was in college, so it was sometime after 2000. That wouldn't have been the first year then, because they're actually celebrating their 15th anniversary next year. Okay, then maybe. So, but yeah, I think the first five years, then. it was both of them. Like, yeah. you're not wrong. Um, so, like, they have, like, that outside area where, like, it's kind of, like, pseudo-underground. Yeah. Um, they just, people just line up there with, like, the big photo, like, photography lights and stuff like that. And just do photo shoots against the plain, like, cement walls. Yeah. And so, like, you can go out there and just hang out there for, like, an hour and just see all sorts of cool people, like, cool costumes because people want to come get, like, professional photos done. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, like, go find that room or, like, wait to see people in the halls. Like, there's a good chance they'll just come out there to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But, yeah, otherwise, like, it was another year at New York. It, like, I, I dread it and look forward to it at the same time. Yeah. It's like the travel sucks and the crowds are awful, but it's such a cool like thing to see every year. That's pretty sweet. Uh, we mentioned earlier the the Capcom booth. Yeah. Uh, you see that big hulking thing with the horns? No. You probably did see it. I probably saw it and just didn't register it because right next to the Capcom booth was the Dragon Ball booth, okay. where they had Shenron okay. and a life size capsule corporate. Well, not a life size capsule, but a giant capsule corporation like blow up okay. thing. So, so uh, it's the new, um, it's the new monster that they're throwing in on Thursday this week. Okay, Monster Hunter. It's called Rajang, and it's been in the series for the past couple of games. But um, it's very, very silly that they had it right next to Dragon Ball because he is definitely a Saiyan. Really, so he he is he's an ape with like an ox horns and like an ape face, and he's got the long ape tail. When he enrages, he turns yellow. Full body turns yellow, and he shoots lightning for his elemental ability. So I just I was like, you might you might laugh at that a little bit. I'll show you a video of him uh, when we're done. But like, he's one of the cooler enemies. I'm so happy to have him. Is he like actually like a new enemy, or is he like from the he's other? He's a games? returning enemy. Okay, but he's new in to world. Into world. 
Yeah, it's I'm so are, I'm so excited. To are see there and like you don't have to get super into it, but are there any actually like new monsters in world or oh, were yeah. they all returning? Oh yeah, there's there's a good number of the, new ones. The only ones that you ever seen to really talk about are like you always say like oh this was in such and such and it's well, finally in here. Well yeah, so I mean like there's there's like some of the flagship normal ones that are in all the monster hunters: Baroth, um, Rathalos, Rathian. Things like that. And then there's uh, Devil Joe has been in a lot of them. I don't know if it's been in all of them. But then there are the newer ones that, like, you're, like, I, w- they're, they're, like, generally the the lower tier creatures. Okay. Or, like, the creatures that, like, you don't pay a lot of mind to. Like, um, Great Jagras, uh, Great Giros, um, Girotodus, Beatotus, uh, Levasioth. Um, and then there are a few other ones, like, um, the B-52 known as, um, ah, shit, what is it called? I can't remember, but everyone just calls him a B-52 because he is a flying creature that has, like, egg sacs coming off its chin and its tail, and as it flies, it just drops these egg sacs. Oh, wow. And they hit the ground, and then they turn orange, and then they blow up. Um, he, he, they released a variant, so, like, like, there's one, there's a new creature in it called Legiana. That was in the original Monster Hunter world. And then they, in Iceborne, they had Shrieking Legia. So it's a variant. It's more powerful. It does different abilities. So they have um, Seething, whatever this guy's name is. can't remember what it's called. But his um, his bombs now grow purple and have a larger range. And uh, most creatures, before they exit in rage, they have like a, like a last-ditch effort to kill you. Okay. But, like, it doesn't mean they're going to die if they do that. It just generally, it's like, before I calm down, let me do this last move. And his, he jumps and drops a lot of the pods, goes up, and as he's standing there, they're blowing up, circles, and then falls straight down headfirst and explodes like a huge portion of the He's a fucking beefy. But, yeah, so there are a ton of new ones and a bunch of returning okay. ones. Okay. Like, the returning ones are big deals because it's like, Oh man, this guy I hated fighting, or this guy I remember. But yeah, Rajang, I'll show you videos of him after we're done. He's really cool, and it's awesome that he was right next to Dragon. So only, only kind of like sort of related. The final episode of Dragon Ball Super finally aired in English. Okay. Over the weekend, um, so it was it's the whole tournament of power bullshit. Yeah. Um, so it was Goku, who's basically fucking dead at this point. Um, Frieza and Android Seventeen. <laughs> fighting Jiren, the, like, super powerful guy from one of the other universes. Yeah. For the survival of their universe. Um, and, like, they end up winning. Like, literally, Goku and Frieza work together to win. Yeah. Um, but after it all ends, they, um, they do, like, a quick little sort of, like, because it, cause it was the last episode of Super, kind of, like, flashing and, like, showing, like, characters, like, kind of, like, wrapping things up. Yeah. But they're, they're literally having, like, a party at Capsule Corp. Um, and Pan is, like, flying around and being a flying baby. Yeah. And, like, hits Vegeta and, like, gives him, like, a little, like, like, like an anime bump. Yeah. And, like, Vegeta's all, like, angry. I think he's more angry because the child is flying and obviously has power at, like, a year and a half versus, like, I guess his child who is a newborn. Because Bra was just born. Okay. Um... So, like, he looks at Goku and, like, points at Goku and then points at the sky and they take off to go fight each other. <laughs> um, but they, it, the show literally ends with them in this place where they fought in the Saiyan saga. Okay. Um, fighting each other. Like, not, like, serious fighting, but, like, yeah. they're both Super Saiyan Blue, like, 
they're going at it. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I thought that was just a cool kind of way to wrap that up. Yeah. Because it is kind of like full circle. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that that, that final arc was good. A little, little too long in places. Yeah. It was very much Dragon Ball in a... The whole thing was only 48 fucking minutes. Yeah. It went on for 80 episodes. <laughs> yeah. That's just... That's pretty much anime in general. Yeah, like, I think the last three episodes, there was less than a minute left yeah. for the last three episodes. <laughs> it's... I've... um, I'm gonna rewatch the first season of Attack on Titan so I can watch the rest of it. Okay. Because I haven't watched it in so long, um, and I've only ever seen the first season. But, like, the last five, six episodes of Attack on Titan probably take place in the span of about a half hour. But there's, like, three hours worth of content. I mean, we both complained about before, like, the Fourth Great War is two nights and takes the course over 300 episodes. It, it, it is, yeah, it's barely two nights. It's barely two days long. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, takes place over, I think, uh, close to... I think it's more than that if you include all the filler. Like, I think, like, story-wise, it's only, like, yeah. 150, but with filler, I think it's closer yeah. to 300. That's ins- it's insane. Dude, speaking of, we finally got to Killer B. Oh, nice. Because I-, I convinced Erica to watch, like, one to two episodes a week subtitled. Yeah. Just so that, like, we're not going to watch, like, five of them back-to-back, where, like, you don't have to watch the whole time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we just watched this past weekend... Um. The the first the the episode that introduces Killer B and then the episode where Killer B fights Sasuke. Okay. And he's just super fucking goofy and great. I love Killer B. He's so cool. Yeah. Like he's super dumb at the be he he is he's kind of dumb in those first two episodes. Yeah. But by the time like he's like with Naruto, he's super cool. Yeah. But yeah, I was just excited to get to him yeah. finally. Nice. Yeah. Um so to go along real quick with additional kind of comic-y news, did you hear about Tom Holland? Yeah, is that actually next on here? That is next. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? You, I, I, you swapped I, the two. I put... I put, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he apparently is the reason Spider-Man is back in the MCU. Yeah, I read he went to uh, the like the head of Disney. Yeah, by Bob Iger. Iger, and was like, you gotta fix this. This is what the fans want. You gotta fix this and make sure the fans get what they want. And uh, he apparently did something similar to like the head of Sony. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming we both read the same article, but it was something like at D23 back in the summer, like around when like the, the split was announced. Yeah. Um, he had met Bob Iger, I guess, for the first time because he is also the voice in a, an animated movie for Disney. Yeah. And, like, asked for, like, his phone number and email address to, like, contact him. And apparently, like, called both parties up and, like, told them they should work it out because, yeah. like, he wanted to be part of the MCU. The fans wanted him to be yeah, part of the yeah. MCU. Like, you're, you're going to get better movie sales if you guys work this the yeah. fuck out. And, and there's, there's been reports that, like, Oh, they're going to be writing him out of the MCU. Not, like, killing him off, but making it so that, like, Sony can have their own Spider-Verse or whatever. Like, there have been reports of that, but right now we just got to see how it rolls. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like we'll get at least, even though the contract is for a solo and a team-up, I feel like we're going to get at least four, three to four more, including the solo and team-up. I think what will probably happen is, like, the solo movie will happen next, um... It'll probably do very well. Yeah. Um. And then when the contract's up, there will be another some other negotiations where, yeah. hopefully, excuse me, hopefully Disney is content with the the twenty five seventy five split. But you know what? Twenty five percent of a billion dollars is a lot of money. It's two hundred fifty million dollars, and that that's on top of what they're making with 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 
Um, merchandising. Merchandising. So, like, when you fit, factor that in, there's a good chance that it's a, yeah. it's pretty, like, the actual incomes between the two are probably close. Yeah. Because, like, they're, they're not just making 25%, they're also putting in 25% of the, the cost. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure, like, they're both actually probably coming close to making the same amount of money that way. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, if that works out and it works well for them, like, why wouldn't they try to keep it going? Yeah, exactly. But I do – I can see, like, both sides trying to sort of write it where if they didn't continue, they could easily make it happen. Whereas, like, now like, that yeah. was going – no matter what both sides said, that was going to be a disaster. Yeah, which is why I feel like we'll have – we have at least three, maybe four movies in total with Spider-Man and the MCU before, like – the last movie, somehow the Spider-Verse gets destroyed and you still have Tom Holland as Spider-Man in a Sony Spider-Verse separate from the MCU and he is not a major key player in the MCU anymore. Like, yeah, exactly. Give give them like a couple of years to do that before like, it's just like, like oh yeah, no, it's not. But like, they're, they're, it's going to come to a point where Spider, where like the Spider-Man movies are going to need Venom and or Carnage. And whatever else Sony has. If Marvel doesn't let them have it, that's when Marvel's going to be like, alright, well, we're done with Spider-Man. Not saying yeah. not saying they're running low on Spider-Man villains, but Venom and Black Suit Spider-Man is such a big deal to Spider-Man in general that you you need to have it. Yeah, I mean, like, like, they could honestly get away with never doing the Black Suit since Venom, since, like, Sony already has, like, a world in which Venom exists. Yeah. But, yeah, like, having Venom be part of, like, the Spider-Man lore, just, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, in other Sony-related news, um, the PlayStation 5 is officially the PlayStation 5. Yeah, and we're officially getting it next year. Yeah. That's really all we need to know about. Yeah, Q4 of next year. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff that they did announce oh, with it, though. There's, uh, like, the tactile feedback on the uh, controller. Yeah, like, having... So, it's no more rumble. It's, like, when you're pressing buttons, it... It's like haptic feedback, like yeah. on your phone. Yeah, that's what I mean. Haptic um, but also the triggers are going to have some sort of like programmable resistance and tension. Where when I first read it, I'm like, oh, they're basically just doing the the pro controller thing, like for um or the elite controller from Microsoft, where you could just set the um the space on it for like how the far the triggers went down. Yeah. But this actually sounds more like it might be a game by game, like yeah, it, the 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 game developers. This is what Eric was saying to me. Everything I know right now, because even though like I I did read through it, everything I know of is based off of what Eric said to me. Because he tends to, even though nerd out about the the techie stuff, he tends to put it in words that I would understand. Um, according to him, he said that each developer for each game is going to develop how much pressure or tension you might need for the trigger buttons. Yeah, or depending on I don't know how much the developer wants to get into it, but they'll at least have the option. Like yeah. Like, from what, like, so it was Mark Cerny, I believe, was the one talking about it in this Wired article. Um, it's, it's gonna be the difference of, like, when you have a bow and arrow. Yeah. When you're pulling the trigger down to, like, pull the string back of the bow, it's going to get tighter the further down you push the button. Yeah. To actually simulate, like, what it would be like to pull the string back on a yeah. bow. Yeah. Whereas, like, firing a shotgun should have a different tension than firing a pistol. Exactly. Like, just cool stuff like that. And apparently the haptic feedback is going to affect, like, the way it feels to move. So, like, if you're swimming, the controller is going to have a different feel to it than if you're, like, wading through, like, mud in a game or something like that. Which is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they play with that. Because I know a lot of people are hating on Rumble. I know a lot of people who are just like, you don't need it. 
I tend to off and on not even notice the rumble happening. So it's like, well, like, because the, how, the rumble how is, is how much is this going to kill the battery life? So that's the thing. So apparently, it's going to have a larger battery. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to give you longer battery life, though. Yeah. Um. Because like I I get three hours out of my controllers. Yeah, PS4 controllers don't last long. No. Um, they are at least going to charge over USB C now. Okay. So that's something. Yeah. It, they should charge faster that way. Yeah. Um, I, charge time doesn't bother me because I have two controllers. Yeah, but I mean, just in general, like yeah. if you're trying to, if you have people coming over and you want to charge up your controllers, yeah, oh, definitely. being able to charge a controller in thirty minutes versus an hour and a half. Or, yeah. I don't actually know how long the controllers take to charge, but yeah, neither do I. But yeah, um, what else? A solid state drive. Which we we knew the solid state drive. Still don't know how big of a drive it's going to be. We do know that apparently. The the actual physical media, like the the discs for the games, yeah. are going to be hundred gig discs. Um, that it's still you're still going to have to install the game onto the drive. Yeah, but the thing is, you're not going to have to necessarily install the entire game. Apparently, yeah. There's there's selective installation, similar to like what they were talking about with Call of Duty, where it's like either multiplayer or single player, or then- even being able to delete portions after the fact. So like if it's like Call of Duty. Once you finish the campaign, you can just delete the campaign, but yeah. keep the multiplayer installed. Yeah. They they were also able because it's solid state. So I don't know how much you understood this in that article. Do you know how like a like a like a spinning disc hard drive works? No. Um, it's like a record. Okay. So yeah. it's a, it's literally a disc that spins in that metal thing, and it's got an arm, just like a record player arm, that actually has to go back and forth reading the data. So you remember when you used to have to defrag a hard drive? Yeah. Do you know why you did that? It would. Like, clear up space. I, I so, when you... Say say you have a Word document. Yeah. That you edit every day and you add stuff to it every day. On a spinning disk drive, like especially well, like on an older spinning disk drive especially, um, you can't save that stuff side by side because something else already went next to it. Yeah. So, like, if you open up your, your Word doc 1 and type 10 pages and then open up Word doc 2 and type 10 pages and then open up Word doc 1 again and type 10 more pages... It, your disk is going to have Word Doc 1, Word Doc 2, Word Doc 1. So they're going to be yeah. spaced apart. Defragging took all those pieces and put them back together so okay. that accessing them would be quicker and essentially your computer was supposed to run faster. Yeah. So what a solid state drive does is it eliminates that because everything is just flash storage. Yeah. They can just move and drop things wherever you need to. Um. So what... And I didn't know game developers did this. What game developers used to do to limit the the read time on a on a hard drive was they would just duplicate things. Yeah, like, Eric was saying how like there's like the same tree is on the hard drive three hundred times because this way it's in three hundred different sectors of the disc. Yeah, that like if you're over on like the left, I, I'm just saying left hand sector because it's easier. If you're yeah. in the left hand sector, but like the thing you need is on the right, the the disc doesn't have to spin over to that it can just grab the tree that's right next to it instead yeah. because it's the same tree. Yeah. Um, and they'll do that with all sorts of stuff. They'll do it with, like, anonymous NPCs, with various bits of, like, background stuff. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, maybe the game maybe the game itself is only a 50-gig game. But because of all of that, it becomes a 100-gig game. Yeah. Because everything's going to be flash storage now, they don't need to do that. Like, they can just make one tree. Yeah. And that one tree will just be used every time they need to render a tree. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool because that gives developers a chance to either expand their worlds in different ways 
or just have smaller installation size. Yeah, which both would be nice, especially with like bigger games like Monster Hunter or something like that. Cause yeah, and load times for like some of these bigger games are ridiculous. Yeah, and it's one of those where right now, like, they couldn't do that because not every even if you if you had a solid state drive in your system, like they couldn't make a game to run off of that because not every excuse me, not everybody does. Yeah. Now it's just going to be standard. Yeah. It also kind of like, it was kind of like just glanced over, but they confirmed it's going to have a 4K Blu-ray player. Yeah. So you're going to be able to play Ultra HD Blu-rays yeah. this time. So, I mean, people care about that, so that's I'm, something. I'm very interested to see what some of these um, cross, cross-generation cross games might be. How Like how they might handle, like, for instance, Monster Hunter World, because they're supporting that through next year. I know that. At least. Yeah, but th- I mean, they... So it's going to be backwards compatible. Um, is it? Yeah, they, they announced the, the okay. PS5 is backwards compatible. So they're probably not going to release a new Monster Hunter. Like, they're not going I doubt that they will release Monster Hunter on PS5 at launch, at least. Yeah. Um, but it'll at least be playable on your PS5. Yeah, yeah. and they'll probably eventually have a Monster Hunter World 2, just not right away. Yeah, I mean, being that that was its highest, Capcom's highest selling game in forever, like, not doing a direct sequel to it seems crazy. Yeah. But it's also Capcom, so who fucking knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, they also um, confirmed that ray tracing is going to be ha- like hardware based on the GPU. It's not going to be like a software solution as part of the OS. I don't know what that means. Um, ray tracing is the way light is used to actually enhance the way something looks, basically. Okay. It is much more complicated than that. But it, it has to do with rendering light and using that light to make things basically look more realistic in a lot of cases. Okay. Um, it's super cool. A lot of high-end video cards for PCs are doing it now. Um, both con- both next-gen consoles are confirmed to be doing it also. Um, but people were uncertain if it was going to be like a software thing built into the OS or if the GPU was actually going to be capable of it. Okay. And Cerny confirmed the GPU is going to be doing it. Yeah. Um, and the, I think the only other thing worth noting is they're overhauling the UI. So, like, the UI on the PS4 is pretty... Terrible. Yeah. And um, it's been horrible even more lately. So, it's probably going to be pretty bad still, because it's still a console UI and they're never good. Yeah. But, um, apparently, they're going to try and streamline getting to your games. So, you're going to be able to see, like, like what, like, multiplayer matches are available for a game, or what, like your next quest is in a single-player game and be able to just launch right into it right from the UI, okay. from, like, the home screen. Yeah. So, like, that that seems like a cool just sort of use case yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Uh, there's no more Facebook support on the PlayStation. Yeah, which I think that's on Facebook. I think Facebook has slowly been just removing access to different things. Yeah. Like, I know, like, you used to be able to do... So, like, we publish everything off of WordPress. You used to be able to actually publish, um, like, a Facebook post right through WordPress. They got rid of that years ago. You, you used to be able to uh, cross-post on Twitter and Facebook just by posting on Twitter. Yeah, they got rid of that. Um, I think Facebook is just slowly locking their platform down more and more. Yeah. Um, to the point where, yeah, like, it's just funny because when PS4 launched, like... Oh, you can share everything. Yeah. There's a share button to share to Facebook. Yeah. And, but it's like you can... The share button now is used to like upload your videos to YouTube. And, or at least that's what I do now. Well, yeah. You can upload Whenever. to YouTube. You can still post it to Twitter. Yeah. You can just... You, like I think you can just use it for screenshots and stuff too. Yeah. Um. You also can use it to start broadcasting if you're doing like Twitch. Yeah. But I just find it funny that like the big use case was always Facebook. Like that's what they kind of like yeah. launched it around. 
And now it's like, oh, it's just not anymore. And like, it kind of sucks. Like, it, like, I, I can't, it's fine. Kind of sucks. Cause like, I would share videos of me playing Monster Hunter, like killing a monster in under Thank five minutes or whatever. God you don't. Like, I, no, I did in the past. Like when I was testing, uh, weapons out and stuff, I'd be like, oh, okay. sure. I, I just tested out this set. Hey, here's what I just did. I killed this monster in less than five minutes. It's really cool. Check it out. And, but like, yeah, I know some people do I, it as a way to up, like, to back up like screenshots and stuff too. Yeah. Or like videos in certain cases. Like yeah. you put it on Facebook, it's not going anywhere. It's part of your account. So yeah. you can always go back and be like, oh yeah, that's right. It's in this album of like uploads. Yeah. But you know what? Facebook sucks now. So yeah, you're not wrong. It's not, it's not a big deal. Um, other than that, Doom Eternal got delayed. Yeah. From November 22nd to March 20th. So just a few months. Yeah. It's not. It's hopefully going to be, like, it, it should hopefully be for, like, polishing and sort of making the game a little bit better. Yeah, um, I, I, I haven't played any of the Dooms, so I really don't... Doom 2016 is phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I'm told. So, I mean, hopefully this is just going to better that game. That's what they said they're doing it for. Yeah. Um, They did announce a little bit with it. Um, So, it's delayed till March 20th, and it will release on PS4, Xbox, and PC on that day. Yeah. Switch is going to come sometime after that. Yeah. They haven't released a date for that yet. Um, there's the invasion mode, which I honestly didn't know much about this until I read the, the little thing. It's going to let you join other people's games. I don't know in what capacity, but that's going to release as a free update shortly after the launch of the game on like PS4 and Xbox and everything. Yeah. They're also, if you pre-order the game now, you're going to get Doom 64 as a fr- like a, as a pre-order which gift kind of makes me want to pre-order yeah and it's going to at least so doom 64 is releasing on everything i don't know if the pre-order counts for switch though because doom 64 is also launching on march 20th like it's re- launching the same day as the game yeah so i don't know if it's a matter of like ps4 xbox and pc will get doom 64 on that day and then it'll come to switch whenever the other when Eternal comes to Switch, or they didn't, yeah. the, their tweet image infographic thing did not go into that. Okay, but still, like Doom sixty four yeah. is a unique Doom experience. I I don't think I've ever played Doom sixty four. So I, along with many other people, did not realize Doom sixty four was not just Doom. I thought it was literally just a console port of Doom. Oh, really? But it is actually a different game. I like I the first Doom I ever played was Doom three, and like I loved Doom three. Which it, but, I've actually never played three, but it is apparently very different from every other Doom. Oh, absolutely! It is a lot more. It is survival horror, more so survival horror and less arena um, for, uh, shooter. Yeah, which makes sense from what I've heard of Doom three. Yeah, it's so good though. It was really good. So is the original Doom, and so is Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah, like I think you would actually super enjoy Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah, and I'll, it goes on super cheap sales all, all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll get it eventually. It's. Especially right now, like, there's other games, like, I, I still want to get, um, Astral Chain, and then... I actually might be buying that tomorrow. Um, I have a, a certificate for Best Buy, mm-hmm. and I figure, like, it'd be something cool to play on, like, the plane rides and everything. Yeah. I'm not... It depends how my day goes tomorrow, if I have time to go to Best Buy or not. Yeah. But, yeah, I might grab that yeah, tomorrow. Like, there's Astral Chain, there's Luigi's Mansion, there's pretty much everything for the Switch right now. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, we're in that period where a bunch of stuff is starting to come out again, and then... The one downside to this Doom move is it kind of puts it in a real tight spot for other games. What else comes out besides... Like, and here's the thing. The only thing I can think of in March is Animal Crossing. So it's not just March. It's that, like... 
Well, yeah. That, that, that like, three- or four-month gap, you have... Um, and I forget which ones come out first, but you have The Last of Us, I know, in February. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy Part 1, 7 remake comes out in March. Yeah. Cyberpunk comes out sometime in March or April. Yeah. Um, like you said, Animal Crossing is in that area, and there's something else that comes out right Isn't in... Isn't Avengers around then as well? Yeah, I think Avengers is May. Yeah. So it's not so much that, like, there's a bunch of stuff coming out, like, within, like, a week of that game. It's just in, like, a four-month stretch, there's, like, five or six big AAA games. Yeah. That are all going to be sixty bucks. That it's one of those like, well, you can't have all of them yeah. unless you just have that sort of disposable income. So you have to pick. Whereas like November twenty second was is still kind of in a in a packed area, but I feel like it's packed with things that people are. You're like, either going to get it or you're not. Not yeah. You're, like you're Call not. of Duty is not like a everybody game. Like yeah. it sells like mad, but like. Those people probably weren't going to buy Doom also. They're probably yeah. going to be just playing Call of Duty multiplayer for a long time. Yeah. And, like, Pokemon people, maybe not necessarily buying Doom. Yeah. But, you know, people that are interested in The Last of Us and, like, Cyberpunk might fall into that the, Venn the, diagram the, the for Venn, Doom. Yeah. It's like, there's there's probably, like, the three-circle Venn diagram of Doom, Cyberpunk, and Last of Us. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not to say that, like... The other games don't overlap with it, too. Yeah, but it's just... It's m- probably more overlap with those. Yeah, it's a pretty stacked, like, early 2020 already. Yeah. So, but I... And, and then there's there's also... Oh, no, that comes out... Uh, Death Stranding, that comes out this year, or is that next year? It comes out, like, later this month. Oh, jeez. It's either this month or next month, I forget okay. which. I'm not interested in it. Like, you literally have to fucking organize your backpack so you don't fall over. I'm, Fuck that. Yeah, no, I'm... I will... Wait to see how it reviews, and then maybe get it when it's free on PS Plus, because you know it's going to be free on PS Plus. It's either going to get absolutely trashed, or people are going to give it a Nintendo Pass, because it's Kojima. Yeah. Like, I I do not expect anybody to give it a legitimate, like, just, this game is cool review. Like, yeah. I don't expect it to get, like, a 6 or a 7. It's either going to get a 3, because people want to be different, or it's going to get a 10 and it's going to be a masterpiece because, oh, it's Kojima's first work outside of Konami. Yeah. Like, but like, the game doesn't look good. Like, no, I yeah. mean, that, that's totally opinion. Like, I know Drew's excited for it, but yeah. you're, you're, you're literally a delivery person. Um, you have to load your backpack up and position it so that you don't fall over while turning. That's just, and then you have to use your ladder to try and traverse like different stuff. Like, nothing about this game sounds fun. No. It sounds like a poorly designed walking sim. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll probably have it going for it is it'll probably have a batshit fucking crazy story. Exactly. And, like, that would probably be interesting, but I'd rather just watch the cutscenes on YouTube at that point. What Which walking sim would you like more? Lord of the Rings or Death Stranding? Honestly, probably Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I fucking hate Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But at least I know what that one, like, I don't have to organize a fucking backpack you, so I don't you, fall over. You have expectations for Lord of the Rings because it's a fantasy world. Exactly. You don't really know what to expect with this game. And then hearing some of the mundane, stupid shit, like, like, oh no, you can't look at his penis when he's peeing. Like, of course that would bother you. It doesn't bother me, but it, like, it bothered other people. But you have I'm to like, poop. Like, that like, game, like, part of the game is you have to go poop. Like, and, and I'm all for like those those thi- like those survival survival things. I mean, like like playing um playing uh, uh Stardew Valley. You have to make sure you pet all your animals so that they're happy, so that they lay more eggs and give you better quality stuff. Like I'm all for that. Or making sure you eat every day in the survival mode of of Fallout games. But 
This is just... Yeah, but having to poop on a mushroom to make it grow is stupid and disgusting. Yeah, this is just dumb. So dumb. Anyway, Pokemon. Pokemon. So there was a 24-hour live stream of Sword and Shield. Yeah. It apparently showed z- nothing fucking useful until the very end. Okay. Um, where the camera that was, like, the in-game camera that was recording this um part of this forest that they were in gets knocked over. And then um two pony... Two what appear to be ponytail walk in. But they aren't regular, like, fire-type ponytail. They're, like, rainbow ponytail. If that- their ponytail's gonna... Ponytail and Rapidash are going to be, um, fairy-type. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's Ponyta. You I, don't think so? I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to double check, Ponyta and Rapidash don't have horns, and I'm pretty sure- Rapidash does. Rapidash does. Yeah. Okay, but these were both Ponyta, and it looked like one of them had a horn. They could be Gallery region. Like, that. that's that's what that's what they're- that's what people that spend too much time doing this stuff are yeah. are speculating. Because, um, like, look at, look at um, Galarian Weezing. He became well, fucking bongs. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has, like, the big hat. And the the Alolan versions did change a little bit as yeah. well. But so, like, like a, a um a Galarian Ponyta might have a horn and a rainbow mane. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I feel like that's going to be something else. I mean, it, it, very, it could be, but at the same time, like, I could see them just... Because it's one of those things where, like, like Cerebi.net and stuff like that, like, got, like clear pictures of it apparently and like ant like they're like quote-unquote experts like analyze it and like a ton of different like resources on the internet think it's going to be like a galarian version of ponyta but it's like to me at least i don't need any more variants like i understand what you're doing with the variants but i don't need any more variants like they they also so for what it's worth and this is another thing that you and i would have never picked up um you heard the pokemon cries like the the noises they make, yeah. And apparently, what the the noise that these things were making sounded similar enough to Ponytas. And then there was another sound that you heard off screen that apparently sounded very similar to Rapidash's. Okay. So that was also part yeah. of what was leading people to assume it was. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be mad about it, but like the reason I like Ponyta and Rapidash is because they're flaming fucking horses. Not not. You got, fairy... you got a problem with with fairies wearing rainbows? No, no. It's just I don't know, man. That's it's just, I'd rather have. You want a fire pony? I I want a fire pony, not not a not a not a pink cloud pony. Well, now you can just get your bong wheezing and go. You know what? I will. I will. I'll just go go like clean the air with my bong wheezing. Somebody was cosplaying him. Wasn't were they? Yeah. Nice. Um. Uh, but yeah, what else? there? There's a couple of other things in it. So, all it's gonna have. So it wasn't from that. I don't think. I think this was now answer, but. It's going to have auto saves, okay, which is a first. Um, it's also what was the other thing here? It's going to do XP share like between your whole party equally, apparently, which I, I think Let's Go did. They've had XP share in the past couple of games. So, but it's, not even with an item; it's just in general they had XP share. But it's been like a the Pokemon you fight with gets a larger portion than yeah. everyone else. This is apparently going to be equal between your whole party. Okay. That's at least that's what it looked like you were trying to write in the news doc. I didn't actually read it. Yeah, no, I mean that's what I read. Yeah. Um, and I'm like ninety percent sure that's how Let's Go does it. Yeah. I've never actually looked to see if they're getting the same number, but I'm trying to actually know. Yeah. Was was Sun and Moon equal or was Sun and Moon XP share? For it the did share party? XP, but I don't remember if it was a got it right away or if you got it a little bit later in the game. Like I I do know. Because Sun and Moon was the first one that 
if you capture a Pokemon, you still got experience for it. No, no, they've been doing it longer than that. Really? Yeah. It was either X and Y or black and white. Okay. So then, yeah, it was Sun and Moon that had XP share for the entire group without... Yeah, because, like, older, older games, it was like you had to have the item. Yeah, older, old, super old games, you had to have the item, and the item was just one Pokemon. And then, eventually, they you had the item, you just had to activate it, and your current Pokemon got less experience but the rest of your pokemon all got a little bit yeah and then i think they just did it normally in sun and moon i can't fully remember yeah it's it's been a while um and then the only other thing kind of of note which we haven't gotten like a full explanation yet there are apparently going to be more gyms than normal yeah but it's going to be split between games yeah and there's like 18 of them 18 different gyms or something so like an earlier, like, tweet or, like, thing from somebody involved with the game said that there was going to be 18 gyms. Okay. And it was it was being reported that it, there was going to be two different leagues, like a major and a minor, basically. But then, like, they came back out and, like, restated that it's not 18 gyms in the game, but that there are 18 gyms in the world. But, like, in, in Sword, you go to a city where the gym is a fighting-type gym. Yeah. And in S.H.I.E.L.D., you go to the city, and it's a ghost-type gym or something like that. Which, the only reason I can understand that being a thing is if it's based on the the the, the game-specific Pokemon that are there. Like, in yeah. this one, there's more uh, Pokemon that are better against fighting-type, but in this one, in the other one, excuse me, there's more Pokemon that are better against ghost-type. So, or something like, who knows? Yeah, but, like. There's always the chance, too, that it's – that there is some sort of, like, a major and minor thing to it, like, was originally reported. And did you ever did you ever finish Gold and Silver? Maybe. So in Gold and Silver, when – and Crystal, you, you play through the, the initial gyms, the eight initial gyms, do the Pokemon League. Then you go back to Kanto and fight all eight Kanto gyms again. Yeah. And then you get um, basically given a ticket to go to the mountain to fight Red from yeah. Red and Blue. Yeah. Um, so it could be something similar to that where, like, you go to different gyms in Sword, but then after you fight the Pokemon League, you actually get sent on, like, another quest to go fight the eight gyms that were fought in Shield. Yeah. Like, something like that where, which, like, which your cool. first time through it's a fighting gym, your second time through it's a ghost gym. Yeah, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. It, at least it, it – for – I mean – I just, I just don't want to miss out on content because I got sun and not moon or I or not sword and not shield. I like, mean that's going to happen though because there are Pokemon exclusive to the games. I'm not calling that fucking deal with it. I'm not calling that missing out on content though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I, I do. I, I don't want to miss out on a gym or like because <coughs> I honestly I like I like ghost Pokemon more than I like fighting Pokemon. Well, then you better get shield. But I I want the friggin' sword wielding dog and not the shield dog. Get both. I, I don't have that kind of money. $119. I don't have that kind of money. You get a nice dual pack. I, I don't I don't I don't have that kind of money. Open a new credit card. I'd rather not. I'm trying to like get those down, not yeah, up. Treat yourself. Uh but you know what I would use my credit card on? This is something I forgot to put in the news doc. What? The Wendy's tabletop RPG system. Nope. The show's over. Come back next week. Thanks. <laughs> Which I, I'm mad I can't talk more about because uh, Critical Role actually did that on Thursday. And they episode. apparently got a whole bunch of shit for it. All, all their proceeds went to um, donations. Yeah. Now, but, all their sponsors. But they said, like, it's a super special sponsored thing. And, and like, like, they, they, 
it was they were making a mockery of it because it was silly because it's Wendy's. So was it always going to charity? I don't know, but I know they did everything that they got for all. They donated all of the proceeds from all the sponsored proceeds from Wendy's went to charity. Yeah. So, but like the like the one thing that I don't think if people were actually giving them shit for it, the one thing I don't think people understand is all of their content is sponsored. It's all sponsored, and like it's not like they're doing this just for like I mean like yes they're having a good time with it, but like this is like work for them too. Like. The, they need to make money doing yeah, this because it's not even so much that like like yes they're obviously getting paid for it but they all they all do other work also yeah like like they they all do their own work and they now own Critical Role like they're their own company well yeah that's what I was gonna say is like but it's like they they need to bring money in to support their staff yeah well because that's the thing like that's what I was thinking like they're no longer affiliated with Geek and Sundry where like they had a studio and like the yeah. like their resources. To use, it's like, no, they have their own studio that they have to pay for. Yeah. They have all their producers and staff and everything to pay for. Plus, just, like, overhead. Like, yeah. Like, there, there's, uh, like, the electricity bill. Like, they're running a show. They have lights it, and cameras and... And what I think people... Fucking internet bandwidth. Th- yeah, like, what I think people don't understand is that their billion dollars or however much they got, they're... $11 million or however much they got for their Kickstarter is all for the Kickstarter. Yeah. It's not going to the company, which I think people are like, oh, we gave you $11 million or whatever it is for this Kickstarter. Why are you bringing in sponsored content like Wendy's? It's like, well, that's because all that money is going towards yeah, the pe- creation of the show. And like, if you look at, at like Kickstarter breakdowns sometimes, like in that case, they probably are getting to put almost all of that to the Kickstarter. But, like, if you look at, like, like comic books and stuff like that that get kickstarted, there's often times where, like, the creators still have to dump extra money into yeah. it. Because, like, that shit's expensive. Yeah. And, like, doing an animated series is expensive. Yeah. Like, because they're voicing the characters themselves, maybe they're not paying themselves. But there's still other characters that are going to be in it that aren't the main characters that are going to need to be voiced. Well, exactly. So like, you're going to have to have, like, they're going to have to... Because they are all SAG members, I'm sure, they're going to have to get, like, card-carrying, like, union members to do voices. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, like, the, just the art and production and all that stuff is expensive. Plus, they have their physical rewards, too, that have to get produced yeah. and shipped. And, and on their Kickstarter page, they gave you a breakdown of what everything went to. I remember seeing that. Um, and it was 75% or probably, like, 70, probably about 75% of it went towards... The production of the thing. Yeah. So only 25% of it went towards Kickstarter and the physical rewards and shit like that. And that's like, and you also figure like Kickstarter takes a percentage of it. Yeah. But it, like, I didn't know they were getting, being given shit about it, which is probably why they tweeted out saying that all the proceeds went to charity. Yeah. Cause Matt Mercer and- actually tweeted like separate from the critical role account, like basically saying like, you know, I understand that like this. Rub. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, so I don't remember what he said, but it was one of those. I understand this kind of rub people the wrong way. Like we'll have to be more careful in the future about our messaging and how we go about things. Like, well, and like the thing is, leading up to, it, I haven't watched it yet. I, r- I have not watched it. What a fake fan! It's not on YouTube yet. They might not put it on YouTube, and that's the problem. Like I want to know what it's like. I want to be- watch because it. they got so such shit for it. They might not actually put yeah. it on YouTube. But I haven't watched it because it's not on YouTube yet. But like, don't they keep their archive up on Twitch? 
Uh, you have to be a subscribe, a subscription member, which I have, uh, Amazon Prime, so I could subscribe to their Twitch for one month. Yeah, stop throwing that away. Just go subscribe to it. But, um, like, I want to watch this thing. I want to know what it's like. But, like, if people are giving them shit about, like, we, we only knew that it was like, the, the build up for a couple of weeks leading up to it was special secret surprise sponsored episode. So we, I thought like it was going to be something stupid, like it was going to be them playing a game of D and D, and Wendy's was sponsoring it. So they're just going to be eating spicy chicken nuggets the whole time. Well, they were just going to be making a bunch of stupid Wendy's references the entire time, or like stupid sponsor re- references. Then when they announced it was Wendy's, because they didn't say until last the week before that it was Wendy's, I was like, "Oh, that's going to be so stupid! I can't wait." And then the news broke that Wendy's was releasing the D and D. Um. Uh, module. I was like, oh, Critical Role are going to be playing it. That's interesting. I want to watch this. Because I want to know what Wendy's did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm even curious. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, I read a, a little bit about it. It's like, you pick, like, you're like the rogues of the Frosties or something, and you're going against the Frozen Empire, because Wendy's is always fresh and never frozen. Yeah, and I mean, like, honestly, like, fucking KFC is doing a goddamn dating sim. Exactly. And people are all fucking about that. So, like, like if if Critical Role gets money from friggin' Wendy's to do one episode dedicated to their new fucking game, let them do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, people suck, that's all. Yeah. Um, so, the last thing that we have on our list, um, Arrowverse is coming back. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's already It's that time back. of year. Well, not everything is back yet. I think Flash is on tonight. Flash should be on tonight, and I believe Legends is tomorrow. Actually, I don't. I didn't see Legends. I don't think Legends comes back until next year. Like, I think they actually come out back in January. See? Their first episode, I think, is the last part of the crossover. Oh, interesting. Because so, Arrow isn't until next week or the week after. I know yeah, that. Yeah, because Arrow is a shortened. But it's only ten episodes, I think. Yeah, because I want to say its final episode is either is the either the end of the crossover or they might have one episode after that. Yeah. Um. But, so last, I'm sorry, not last night, Sunday night, Batwoman premiered. Yes. And the season five premiere of Supergirl. Is it five? Yep. It is five. Um, let's go with Supergirl well, first. Well, Batwoman came out first. Batwoman came out first? Let's yeah, go that, Batwoman that, first. Yeah, that aired at 8 p.m. on Sunday. I I liked it. I did too. Um, I, I thought Ruby Rose was better than she was in the crossover last year. Yeah. She's... Honestly, like, she's still not a great actress, but, like, I don't think she's done a ton of acting. Yeah. Um, so it's something that, like, she could definitely probably improve on, assuming that they get, like, directors that actually try to help her improve. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't think she was outright bad. No, like, I I thought the whole, like, m- like the whole idea of the pilot episode was very interesting. Uh, I am, I was taken aback a little bit by the fact that it w- took place... Yeah, Technically, so, uh, hang on, hang on. So, we're going to try not to spoil it um, as as much as we can. Some things are just going, like, there's going to be minor spoilers. Like, yeah. if you don't want to hear minor spoilers about Batwoman or Supergirl, um, just I turn it off now, come back next yeah. week. Um, OneQuest.com if you want more info. Yeah. Um, or, or email us at social at one-quest.com and ask how about his hot dog socks. Yeah, they're great. They are. They're red and they've got a dog. That looks like they got, got wiener a hot dogs dog. in a bun. They've got wiener dogs in a bun. They're great. Yeah. I've been looking at them all night. I was like, he's got. I got to bring that up. I have all sorts of great socks for work. I got yeah. shark socks. 
I got hot dog socks. I got I got a dog. I got dogs in beach chairs. There you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like you were saying, it's. I, I was a I was a little t- like annoyed, but kind of taken aback at the fact that even though it's a pilot episode, it takes place prior to last the- year's crossover because last year's crossover. She was already Batwoman. Yeah, I, I was a little, like, an, not annoyed by that, but it was just like, well, they already showed us that she's fucking established yeah. in the current timeline. So does that mean that, so the only thing I can think of is either she wasn't that established as Batwoman yet, and that was like, she's only been Batwoman for maybe like three months. Yeah, which and, is what I'm thinking, or which it's uh, what I'm thinking. Is, because it's either that or this show is going to, I guess, have to just very quickly catch up because she is part of the crossover. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that from between the time of the pilot to the the, the next episode is where the, last year's crossover. Because this episode was, and not a lot, not a. I don't think they did this with a lot of the um, shows on the CW or the superhero shows. The first episode was straight up called Pilot. It was, was it? It was called Pilot. So it was the pilot. Oh, episode. I didn't. I didn't catch that. So, and it was an absolute origin story for this version of Batwoman that we know. Yeah, which isn't isn't bad. Like they've done origins for. I mean, honestly, like Supergirl was the one that. Uh, like, no, I guess hers was technically an origin too. Um, but like you had like an Arrow. Like obviously that wasn't a full origin because they were building all the character the characters from scratch there. Yeah. For Flash, they introduced like the core team of like Barry, Cisco, and Caitlin in Arrow. Yeah. So like was Cisco and Caitlin in Yeah, they were in Arrow? They were in a slightly later episode. Because right. they, they delivered the um Miracuru cor- cure. Yeah, right. Um but like Barry was actually like he was a main part of like that two part episode before he had powers. So then when you see the actual accident and all happen and the pilot episode of Flash, like, it's an origin, but it's still picking up from the character that you knew. Yeah. Whereas with Batwoman, it's like, oh, well, last year we saw her as Batwoman, like, with the Batwoman suit. And now she's, like, in this first episode, it was literally just a modified version of Batman's suit. Yeah. Because that's... She found out Bruce was Batman, and that's what she had available. Yeah, so it's it, it's going to be interesting to see either a how fast they catch up, b if they even make note to it. Yeah, or c if episode two has her wearing the costume she was wearing during the crossover last season. Like and just like if it if they don't even make note of it, and it's just like it's, so they they all they have like promotional footage and pictures and stuff like that of her in that the the yeah. the Batwoman suit. Yeah, so it's got to be coming. Because, like, that is the iconic look for Batwoman. It's yeah. the, the red... Because even in the comics, the, the red hair is a wig. Yeah. Um, like, Kate Kane in the comics has red hair, but she, it's basically like a, like a buzz cut. Yeah. Um. So, like, the, yeah, like, it, it makes sense to give her, like, a suit of her own rather than just wearing a modified Batman suit. Yeah. Um. I am enjo- I'm, I'm super interested to see what they're doing. Yeah. And, like, the I, villain... I'm, I'm intrigued by the villain. And they, they've changed enough of, like, the Batwoman scenario. Like, she is still Bruce, Bruce Wayne's cousin. That yeah. was always how it was. Um, her mother was always dead in the comics, and that's kind of how her and Bruce kind of bonded. Whereas, like, Bruce's parents were dead, her mom was dead. Yeah. Like, they kind of had that commonality between them. Um, in the comics, though, her dad isn't, like, a weird, like, for-profit, like, mercenary leader. Yeah. Cause that's basically what he is. In, I believe it was Batman Bad Blood? 
He he's a um I think he's like a general in the army. Yeah. Cuz Kate was also in the army yeah. and in certain Batwoman stories, like Batwoman is actually like a military operative being run by like a black ops division led by her father. Okay. Um but in this he's more like he created like his own like mercenary group yeah. that has that has taken over the protection of Gotham after Batman left because the police just weren't cutting it. Yeah. Which that that works for the world that they're building. Yeah. It, I I I am interested to like I want to watch this series and I I enjoyed this first episode. I'm curious if ever will they bring in a Bruce. Yeah, I am too. Just because they, they they've done it in Titan. They've yeah. introduced Bruce Wayne the Titans. They're introducing other Bruce Waynes into the crisis. Yeah. So like I am curious if they'll ever get the green light to do it on network television. Yeah. Cuz that's always been the thing, like the movies and like WB like proper, if the characters are involved in their movies, excuse me, at all, they don't want them on TV. Yeah. That's why like you, you never got a proper Harley Quinn with the Suicide Squad. Um that's why they had to kill Deadshot in Arrow because yeah. he was going to be in the movie. Like yeah. But we've gotten a Superman that's because Superman's not as important as characters from the Batman. Like, literally, like, the Batman universe is more important to WB than Superman universe. Yeah. Because, like, when was the last time people, like, gushed over Superman movies? True. 1978. Yeah. Or 80. I forget I forget when Superman 2 came out. Yeah. But, like, that was the last time people gave a fuck about Superman movies. True. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I am, I am also interested to see how this show goes. And I will say, without spoiling it... If you didn't see that ending from a mile away, I don't know what yeah. show you were watching. But, like, I'm still down for it, and I kind of like yeah. that this villain I, – I like how this villain is. Yeah, yeah. Alice, like, they're going to have to bring in a Mad Hatter as well to be, like, a cohort to her. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's. I'm absolutely, like, on board for it right now. Yeah. And then we had Supergirl, like I said, season five. Yeah. Um. I appreciate that they didn't just have her in the new suit, that they actually, like, gave a reason for her getting a new suit. Yeah. Because, like, every season of Flash, she just kind of gets a new suit for one reason or – like, not for, like, any, like, logistical reason. Yeah. Um, Cisco but, just generally upgrades a suit and he just new suit. Yeah. But, like, this one was – oh, like, her suit kind of got a little torn and trashed and Brainy was going to fix it. And instead of just, like – sewing back together the pieces that were torn, he literally made her a new, like, nano suit. Which is awesome looking. Yeah, she just takes off her... She has to just take her glasses off quickly, and the suit forms on her. Yeah, and the suit looks great. Yeah. And best line of any show ever, pants! Yeah, like, honestly, like, she is so good at those just, like, silly, giddy moments. Yeah. Um, cause, what, well, still one of my favorite scenes ever is, um, the first time Supergirl crossed with the Flash, when Supergirl was still on CBS. Yeah. And it's, um, it's her, um, Wynn and James with Barry. And, like, they're tall, and, like, Barry's basically, like, introducing himself. And, like, they have no idea who the fucking Flash is. And he runs away, and then comes back a split second later with ice cream for everybody. And, like, everybody has, like, an ice cream cone all of a sudden. Yeah. And, her reaction is just like, oh, yes! Yeah. Like, just like this most, like, jovial, enthusiastic, yeah. realistic... She is a great actress. Like, I love how she portrays Kara. I, like, I, I, I've, I never watched Glee, so I don't know her role yeah, in Glee, but, like, she, from what I've seen, is a great actress. Yeah. And she does, like, those things really well. Like, even the emotional scene, like, yeah, the, the, when, this, when this... she was talking with, uh, um, 
with Lena. Lena. Yeah, that scene at like the the award ceremony. Yeah, they were both really good in that. I yeah. I, the, Lena though, Lena rest- earlier on in the sh- show though, I was like, come on. Yeah, like, her her in the beginning of that episode and the end of that episode, I did not like. But that with, particular with- scene, like like the emotion from both of them, and then even the speech after that. Yeah, like both of them were like it looked like real like it didn't look like they were acting it looked yeah. like it was real like like when they're playing off each other they're good but uh melissa benoit or benoist i don't yeah, i don't know how sarah nail uh she's great whenever she's acting either alone or with somebody but the woman who plays katie mcgrath is that her name i believe so when she's like doing those solo scenes where she's but not al- acting along someone. It's only this season. Like, yeah. in previous season, and I think it's because of what they're doing with that character, I don't think she quite knows how... I don't know how... I, I feel like she's almost not sure yet how to... Handle it. Like, carry that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, because it is such a change for what the character has been up yeah. till now, I mean, part of that comes down to, like, the director not maybe not also knowing and, and that's like, what to have her change. Like, I Like, I feel like... We were talking about this earlier. You absolutely hated it at the beginning. Yeah, and it's and I, I was still they, frustrated at the end. They they in Supergirl they always and it's just Supergirl. They always have some terrible B B plots, and this this is gonna play a major. It, they they're trying to build it up as a major A plot, but this is a B plot. So I mean, like this is probably a slightly bigger spoiler. Like last year, like. Lena found out that Kara was Supergirl. Like that was like that's how the the season ended. Yeah, and she was upset about it because yeah. her best friend had been lying to her, and like she had sort of like an adversarial relationship with Supergirl, not like enemies, but like yeah, they were always like like Supergirl heads. didn't really trust her. She didn't really trust Supergirl, but yeah. like they were still always both working towards like the same like goal for the most part. Yeah, same goal, just different execution on how they would yeah. get to it. But so, like, th- this episode starts out with, like, she is mad that she was lied to, like, understandably. But then at the same time, like, there's there's that scene early on where, like, Kara comes in to, like, talk to her, like, right after the whole newspaper thing went down. Yeah. And you could tell she was trying to tell her. And that character, like, Lena had to have also known that's what she was getting at because she knows what she's trying to tell yeah. her. It's like, why are you still mad when you obviously see that she is trying to tell you this? Yeah, and it's And like, then w- when they, like, uncovered it at the end where she's just like, oh, I can't forgive anybody for doing that. I'm like... No, I'm, you, you can't, like... Yeah, like, like, like it's... You're, you're turning a character that was never the evil person into a pseudo-evil person for yeah. no good reason. Yeah, like, I, I don't... I don't know if Lena was in the comics ever. She is, but she is a very different co- character. It, and is, is she more like evil, like like Alexa? She is she oftentimes like... more of an antagonist to everybody. Yeah. Okay, but like, I I really feel like they're trying to build that in just a poor way. No, I I agree. And, and like, is... sorry, but... I just had like a random like countdown on my phone, and I don't know why. And like, Supergirl has always had some. Poor B plots. Yeah, like, like last season when um when her sister had to get her mind wiped of her of Kara yeah. being which Supergirl is like is really like an important plot, but like a lot of it just wasn't executed real it, well. And that's around an an otherwise pretty strong season. Yeah, and it's like it was like just it took a minor place and like it's a quick plug for Brose. We had a question like. What is a character in modern TV that you would like to kill off? My response was 
I don't want to kill this character off, I just want to kill this story off. And it was that plot of her being mind-wiped. Yeah. Because it was just, it was poorly done, and it was, it's, it was constantly one of those things that was in the background of, oh, she, she needs to know. She doesn't know. I don't know how to handle this. It's like, come on. Like, it was unnecessary. Yeah, like, part of me was really hoping that they would just circumvent expectations, and after that confrontation at the, the award ceremony where, like, Kara comes clean and, like, has that, like, speech and everything, that they would just drop that and kind of go in a different direction with it. Yeah. Like, have the weird AI become sentient and, yeah. like, just something else. Like, let, let Lena keep being the character she had been. Yeah. Let her grow. Like, let her change and become a better character. Exactly. But don't, like, force her into this villainous role when, like, You've had, I think she's been around since season two, right? Like, wasn't she introduced the season they moved to yeah, CW? She's, she's been around so since she's, almost the beginning. Yeah, so she's been on for four seasons. That character, and like, yes, it's cool that they kind of like built this relationship up to have it come down. But at the same time, like, that's expected when you set it up the way you did. Fucking circum circumvent those expectations. Yeah. You have what is in theory a cool villain set up because they already announced that Leviathan, which is a big comic thing, is going to be involved in this season somehow. Um, there's going to be the crisis, which might be folding all the universes together. Yeah. Um, and all the timelines, too. Yeah, that's just going to be so weird. Yeah. But it's also... Um, oh, uh, the uh, John's, like, maybe brother? Yeah. Like, because we don't know... Maybe, that, maybe he's not really a brother. Maybe he's been altered, like, his mind's been altered to think he's his brother. Yeah. Or John had his mind wiped as a child, not knowing he like yeah like that's going to be interesting, and, but, and that like seems like that's going to be a ma- that's going to be part of the major plot for the season is that stuff, and and instead we also have this shitty plot where it's like oh a character that has generally been actually really interesting to watch as she kind of struggles with her identity yeah because it's one of those things where like she doesn't want to be evil. But she also she has that kind of Luther mentality of wanting to change things. Yeah. But whereas like Lex is actually like an egomaniacal fucking psychopath with it, like she is just she is doing things maybe a little bit shadily because she's actually trying to make things better for everybody. Yeah. But like you know it doesn't always work out for her. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean it it was an otherwise good episode. Like I did enjoy yeah. it. Um, the villain was super unmemorable, but I think that I think that was the point. Yeah, but yeah, I think everything else they kind of set up with it was actually really cool. Yeah, so I'm looking and, forward to seeing like, where it goes. Honestly, the plot with what's going to happen with Catco is more interesting. Man, I wish they just fucking bring back Callista Flockhart. That would be great, but they can't. I mean, they could, but like, yeah, I mean, she's still alive, but she didn't want to move to Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> which um, like I can understand that. Yeah, but like. She was so good on that show, and this, she was. This new woman just doesn't like. She, I, she's going to be annoying. I think it, it's good. It's I. It's it's absolutely going to be an annoying plot line where it's like they're turning Catco Magazine into a clickbait. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's also pseudo real life too. And, and that's what that's the one thing that I love Supergirl about is they do bring a lot of real life issues into the show. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And, like, they do that better with Supergirl than they do with any of the others. Yeah, because I think Supergirl, I mean, obviously not grounded in reality because it's about fucking, like, their whole world is inhabited by aliens and the main character flies. But, But, like, it just feels more, their world feels more realistic. Because of where 
she works because she has an alter ego. No, but like not even that. Like I mean, like there, like the world that Supergirl takes place in, even with all the aliens, feels more grounded and realistic than where Arrow and Flash are. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's just because of like the way that they use technology, because like. In Supergirl, like, they really don't use a lot of, like, crazy technology. Yeah. And when they do, it's like, oh, well, Brainy's from the fucking future, or this is an alien technology that this alien is using. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Flash and Arrow, like, the Flash has this giant fucking fortress built underground for him. Yeah. Like, yes, he has money, but how the fuck did he build that? Yeah. Or, like, I mean, Flash works at, like, uh, the fucking Star Labs, and... They have just access to whatever the fuck they need all the time. Anytime they need a device to do anything, they just build it. Yeah. Like, oh, we need a device to change minds. We're just going to build that. We need a device to yeah. jump through portals into other dimensions. We're just going to build yeah, that. Yeah, like, they, they do a lot more of, like, that super, super, superhero y things. Whereas they do, probably because the re- ridiculousness of a character like a Supergirl or a Super Superman. Like, those characters are so off the wall that you need to ground yeah. everything else around them. Yeah, and it's like, like yes, the D, like the DEO has all sorts of, like, crazy technology, but they're also, like, a government agency that you would expect to have, like, yeah. access to all sorts of, yeah. like, internet services and shit. Yeah, and it's, just, like, it's, it's just, I, like, I just really love the writing for that show. Yeah, and, and I mean, like we were saying, it just seems to deal with the... It deals with like real world allegories more than the others do. Yeah. So which second best line of any show ever. How do you guys get changed so fast? Oh yeah, no, I love that too. <laughs> Cuz it wasn't just Kara, it was literally everybody. And, yeah. Even fucking James jumped down yeah. in the like, Guardian stuff. How, like, and like Alex he... was still in like her dress from the party. Yeah, how did he put on his Guardian costume that fast? Yeah. Well, and also the um the girl, I can't remember what her character name is, Dreamer. Dreamer, yeah. Um, she, like, she was also changed. Yeah. Like, yes, Kara can move at super speed. Um, Brainy John Act. just fucking transforms, and Brainy is an android that can probably also just... I think it's, like, a hologram, because yeah. he wears, like, that wristband that they had in the last season. Yeah, I know the wristband makes him look human instead of alien, yeah. but I don't know if it changes his clothes, but he can obviously make clothes that just fucking appear and disappear. Exactly. He just did it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that was also very yeah. funny. Um, but that's probably a show. I think so. Yeah, that's that seems like a good place to stop. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to find more of our stuff, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also um, help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't do that, though, you can support us by going to your favorite podcast platform, like Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, which is officially like 100% a thing now. Yeah. iTunes no longer exists. <laughs> um, yes. They got rid of the Cat- Mac OS Catalina came out and got rid of iTunes on the Mac OS. Um, so yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those things. Go to it, like us, rate us, subscribe to us, let us know good things like that. Uh, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff up from New York Comic Con on Instagram right now over the last like three or four days. Lots of pictures. Um, only a few posts, but a lot of pictures per post. Uh, and then you can uh, send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And I guess that'll do it. We'll be back next week with something else. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.